0: yes hi everyone and welcome to craig's benedict the podcast about virtuous living in a godless world with me today i have victoria lamb uh (laughs) the beautiful victoria lamb might i add victoria is a polyamorous beautician and gender studies major Mm. um, and a little bit of background victoria inspired me to start the podcast initially um, I want to do the Culture Wars podcast, you know, because I'm a little more conservative and yeah. she's a little, very liberal, you know. Hey, yeah, uh, you, just, Keith, the, right uh, amount, just uh, the right amount, just the right amount. We can debate that. Episode <laughs> two with Victoria, we'll get into that. But, uh, um, so, a uh, very good friend of mine and so happy to have you on. Welcome, Victoria.
1: Thank you. I'm happy to be here.
0: So, uh, what is polyamory? Are you just like having sex with a lot of dudes? It's
1: just all these orgies all the time. Um, <laughs> and where do I sign up? <laughs> no, um... Polyamory, and for me, I know there's a lot of different definitions for different people and, you know, different cultures and societies. I completely acknowledge that. But for me personally, polyamory is the idea that it is difficult to sometimes expect one person to be every single thing that you need in life. It's almost unrealistic, you know. And for me, polyamory allows me to... Fill in those spaces Mm -hmm. and be able to interact with people on a more, I guess you'd say, like a deeper level. Because oftentimes, for example, let's say we're in a monogamous relationship and we meet someone that we genuinely jive with, we will set boundaries, whether to not lead them on, to not hurt our significant other or ourselves. And I feel like.
0: What do you mean by that? You say that when you're in a monogamous relationship, you set boundaries
1: with people that you meet um, of genders that you're attracted to. So whether you know whatever your sex, mm. you know.
0: So just like I meet somebody on the street, I have boundaries with them already. Yes. Okay.
1: You, I mean, do you do you think so personally? Yeah, oh, of
0: course. Okay, so I'm just I'm just trying to narrow in on your point because yeah. It's, uh...
1: Oh, definitely a little yeah. vague. Okay. Yeah, for sure. So we set up those boundaries, and I think that polyamory allows us to open up those boundaries and allow the relationship to go where it may. Now, whether that's sexual, great. If it's not sexual and it just turns out to be a very deep friendship, then that's amazing too. But sometimes those deeper friendships are missed because they're a gender we're attracted to and we put up certain walls or
0: boundaries. So, so if I'm understanding you correctly, what you're saying is that... Um... Everybody you meet, you set up boundaries with, and then one day we all decided that sex wasn't going to be, was was not going to, was only a boundary for one person. And you think that as a polyamorous, you're open, you've, you've expanded those boundaries to wherever that friendship or relationship yes. may lead.
1: Yes. And whether that's sex, whether it's just friendship, whether it's a little bit of a mix of both, you know, you, you allow for more. I guess, opportunities within that relationship that wouldn't be there before. Now, going back to the first original point, I know that was a bit of a tangent. Um, As far as expecting someone to be everything for you, you want them to be your... (laughs) (laughs) We got some great cat buddies here. I feel like everyone wants to meet them.
0: (laughs) Hi. This is is Trevor, everybody. Uh, Say hello. All right, you can fuck off now. All
1: right. He... He loves his pets.
0: I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) What were you saying? No.
1: So um, expecting one person to be everything, your confidant, your best friend, your golf buddy, your, you know, Nintendo 64 game person, like all these little facets of life that we have so many layers to, we expect one person to fulfill all of those. And it's sometimes a little unrealistic.
0: So I think that was my biggest misconception with Polly is that you have... A guy you're dating, and then you have a bunch of people you're sleeping with. Um, But what you really um, told me is that it's kind of like 75% of a relationship. Is that a fair characterization? Is that you're open to like three quarters of a relationship with everyone you meet? And I say three quarters because there's like the the marriage and the kids things. But it's like, it's as, it's just open. It's a a full-on thing. You're not, you're like letting down boundaries as opposed to putting them up.
1: Yes, I agree.
0: Okay. Um... So it's, it's not just the sex, right?
1: It isn't. Um, I've definitely, speaking from personal experience, have met people and it just developed into something very deep and definitely something very intimate, but not always sexual. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe that we tried or we didn't, but regardless, it's fruitful as a kind of awkward word but it's a very meaningful relationship i
0: get that with
1: or without the sex right Um, so sex is just a fucking bonus like let's be real a
0: fucking bonus yes (laughs) it is Um, no pun intended uh, (laughs) shit man okay so what are some terms in the poly community that we should know about um you know how how do you guys discuss this you know there's a lingo and everything so
1: yeah for sure um So it depends on every couple, and I think the most common use of polyamory is not polyamorous, but to say we're in an open relationship. Now, there's a lot of facets to that. People are open in different ways. Open, you know, only as a couple. They function together and they bring people in, or they meet people together, or they are open and they see people separately, and there's a whole slew of terminology through that, whether it's Full disclosure and, you know, don't ask, don't tell and all those little bits.
0: Well, what about like things like the massive and play yeah, things like for what sure. about those, like those kind of technical ones?
1: Yeah. So swingers is a big one. I'm sure everybody knows swingers. Swingers is actually considered polyamorous as well. Um, those are couples that seek out other couples to swap, whether soft or hard swap, you know, all within the term. What is a
0: hard swap? So a soft swap?
1: Yeah, for sure. So soft swap is, you know, a little girl and girl play, um, maybe some heavy petting across genders, depending on, you know, if we're talking about a straight couple. And hard swap is when you're going to completely switch and, and swap your partners. So it's kind of like
0: hardcore and softcore porn. Yeah,
1: definitely. it's okay. a good way of looking at it. Um, and then...
0: What is the massive...
1: Pardon?
0: Is that not a thing? You are telling me about a uh, massive a while back. Massive? It's like, it's like that's the group of people that you hook up with is part of your massive.
1: No. No? Okay, no. I
0: just made that up. And uh, plaything, is, is that a word?
1: Yeah, so I, you know, Different people feel strongly about different terminologies. People use, you know, primary, secondary, tertiary, mm. you know, things along those lines where some people feel that it's not a hierarchical situation for them. So they want to use whether it's their lover, their plaything, um, you know, their daddy. <laughs> that's,
0: tough <So. laughs> because, that's tough because like you're, you're in a culture where it's all about bucking the mainstream. And so there's no one way to do it. There's an infinite ways of yes. doing it. Okay. What is your story of how you got into it?
1: <laughs> wow. What a story. <laughs> um,
0: Just in brief. You know yeah, I no, for you. sure.
1: I, I was in a monogamous relationship. I mean, forever. That's the norm of society. And that's what we know. And so I was a serial monogamous all through high school. And then I kind of let my freak flag fly in college and then met someone that I settled down with. And I saw for the long term and I guess two years in I was kind of having this anxiety and talk to them about it and repeat the next year the same kind of anxiety and then I realized it's nothing to do with the relationship and it's everything to do with how I'm feeling and how I can or cannot interact with other people. Mm-hmm. And I think that was kind of driving me a little crazy because naturally I want to connect on a deeper level. You know, some people collect stamps, some people collect cars. I like to collect perspectives and people and get to know as many people and have all those conversations if I can. Mm -hmm. And so there was something that wasn't being fed in my monogamous relationship and I realized it's time to kind of try something else.
0: That's so funny you talk about collecting people like playing cards or stamps uh...
1: and it it sounds a little uh, you know like you're objectifying but it's it's not because it has nothing to do with just their physical body or it has so much more to do with who they are and what I can learn from them and what hopefully they can learn from me and what you know we can gain from that relationship and I feel like, what is life if not to make all these connections?
0: It sounds beautiful. Um, but this is a great time to get in my thesis. Oh, because, shit, uh, here we uh, go. So, uh, we tried this out in the last episode. It went great. Um, basically, I advanced thesis, and uh, it kind of gets things uh, teed off. Hot and heavy. Right, exactly. From <laughs> the start. You know, four plays over, Victoria. Oh, it's uh, time to get to <laughs> it. <laughs> um, so... I think that polyamory is the Peter Pan Never Never Land fantasy of okay. staying 20 forever. Because in what it lets you do is run away from the major things in your life and the major things in your relationship that, okay. you, that you went through with this guy, for example. Because the hard part about of a relationship is for better or for worse, and that you change together and that you grow together. But when you can find other people to be your golf buddy, to be your Nintendo buddy, To be other things you kind of take a flawed relationship and patch up the holes with super fun super interesting uh people every time you meet somebody new it's so much fun yeah um even if they're boring you know it's just like just by virtue of meeting somebody new and so you get to patch up a broken relationship one that wasn't meant to be Mm -hmm. with other people and uh, uh just just to bring it back to um My personal experience, and I think that this is common with most people, I think the first lesson you learn in relationship in dating is that your first relationship lasted three years too long. It should have been three weeks, but it ended up being three years because you just didn't know what was good and you didn't know what was bad. And forgive me for saying this, it sounds like you had a bad relationship and instead of addressing those problems in yourself, in him, in your communication, in the relationship itself, you plugged it up with other people who could fill in those gaps, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, so you get a you know you get to meet all these fun people. You get to do the fun part of the relationship, but the actual relationship is in the work. The actual relationship is after the excitement dies down. Mm-hmm. I just I just have to wake up next to somebody, and I have to love them. And I think that that's that, I think that's part of growing up. And so so what do you think about that?
1: So clarify one point for me. You have to wake up next to someone and you just have to love them. So it's a chore.
0: Well, it's not a chore. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that in a full-time relationship, the sizzle goes away. Yes. And then you're left with Absolutely. just that person. Yes. And I think in a polyamorous relationship, I can find sizzle somewhere else. Okay. And instead of, instead of loving that person with all my heart and doing everything I can to make that relationship work, you know, the heart... Conversations, the planning of our lives together, the sacrifices you make. You just, uh, you can just go and find somebody new and find Sizzle somewhere else. Instead of making Sizzle in your own relationship. That's what I'm saying.
1: Okay, perfect. So, NRE, which is New Relationship Energy, is, you can find that. (laughs) Excuse
0: (laughs) me? What? NRE? Okay, you can't just drop acronyms. Okay,
1: no, New Relationship Energy. So, New Relationship Energy, are the butterflies and the sizzle that you're talking you about when you first... You guys
0: have this shit? You guys have made a uh, yes! fucking acronym for it? You've
1: nev- I've never told you this. No, you haven't. Okay, so yes, it's called NRE and it's that sizzle, that okay. spark, the butterflies, the excitement of first meeting. Everyone gets it in a friendship, in a romantic relationship, sometimes even in a work relationship. But, you know, <laughs> it's...
0: <laughs> yes, this is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah.
1: How do you how do you feel about this term?
0: Uh, that's actually, uh, I mean, it's just speaking exactly to what I'm talking yes. about. Yes. Um, but you're is so it surprised me that you guys have quantified it. So maybe you guys have thought about this a little more in depth than I have. Is yes. that the NRE uh, to to use in the parlance of our times is uh, to supplement the gaps in a working or non-working relationship?
1: I'm gonna to have to disagree that it supplements the gaps because yes, we all understand, everybody hears it all the time, the sizzle doesn't last forever, relationships are work. Now, I don't think that I'm just patching up something that isn't working because I'm still choosing to remain and I'm still choosing to put in that work day to day. Now, I personally was in an open relationship where I did have a primary. And I took on other lovers. And at the end of the day, that person is my person. And I could easily up and leave for every NRE feeling I have, which you could easily do in a monogamous relationship as well. People constantly meet people in monogamous relationships and whether they choose to pursue those endeavors, flirt with those lines. So... We get our kicks and thrills where we want to, and you could say that I'm patching it up or I'm not addressing the issues, but I think that's to minimize the people in the relationship and not give them some faith in saying that they are working on their relationship outside of the people that they choose to invest time in as well.
0: Well, for for someone who's monogamous yes. and um, or molyamorous, if we want to be super specific about it, um, <laughs> The impetus, the the, the driving force behind a change, Mm. you have to admit, is way stronger than for a polyamorous. Can you at least concede that?
1: Than a a change, like a significant change in your life? Um, So
0: uh, if I am dating someone and the sex is terrible. Okay. Sorry, mom. Uh, (laughs) And if I can just plug that whole... That's the worst euphemism for that in the world. If I can, if I can satiate myself, let's let's say I'm dating somebody who's um, smart, intelligent, has the same ambitions as me, you know, life partner material, um, but she's boring in the sack, right? Mm-hmm. I can just go find or just just fill that hole with twenty-two year olds for the rest of my life, and then I it, it the the driving force behind me having conversation with her like, hey this is what i need you to do or i need you to let loose or this is an issue for me we need to like that communication doesn't have to happen okay can you can you concede at least that point and at least if you in these these one to one relationships yes. at least the driving force for change is bigger
1: okay okay i can give you that yes but i now communication is a difficult thing for a lot of people so if you are going to use polyamory and we talk about ethical and non-ethical, non-monogamy all the time. If you are going to use non-monogamy or polyamory in order to avoid important conversations, then intrinsically you as a person need to look in on yourself and not necessarily your relationship. Mm. So. I get what you're saying. Yeah.
0: Um, so you, I'm advancing that it's easier one way or the other, and you're saying that someone who's able to have these relationships should not be caught in a situation where that's the difference. Like, they should be immature enough where they they are able to convey these thoughts. Yes. Okay.
1: And for me, non-monogamy, polyamory, has brought nothing but growth as far as my EQ. And you have to definitely take the time to work through the nitty-gritty because non-monogamy is just as difficult as a monogamous relationship. You have, if anything, much harder... And, you know, not to say one is better than the other, but as far as what I've encountered in both, I've had some very difficult conversations through non-monogamy saying, what do you need Mm -hmm. that I can't give you? And how do either we work to improving that between us or how am I able to understand what you need outside of this, and have compersion. Let's take in another. Compersion Compersion is the notion of truly being happy for someone no matter what. Now, they call that unconditional love, but truly a lot of things are conditional. So compersion is, let's say, Craig and I are in a relationship. And fine, we're non-monogamous, and he ends up meeting someone who is truly, truly, the fit for him. Compersion is for me to be able to be happy for him, regardless of our separation or regardless of what's going on. Of course you're sad, but deep down, truly you're happy because this person deserves nothing but to be happy. And compersion is packed into this small word and it's so many layers. So it's a little difficult to work through it like that, but
0: it's the ability to put your jealousy aside for the advancement of somebody else. Yeah. Okay. Um, I can get behind that. Uh, it sounds like monogamy to me. You know, (laughs) that's what, um, okay. Um, that's fascinating stuff. So it really takes a very mature person
1: to have. So there's definitely people that you encounter who do it unethically, who are doing it to not address their relationship and just to patch up those holes. But truly, if you can reach that point, of communication, you're still working on your relationship. You're just enjoying once in a while some NRE here and there, some sizzle, which then in turn brings a lot back to your relationship as well. Reclaiming someone, whether it's emotionally or in the bedroom, is some fire. If you've ever experienced it, I would recommend.
0: (laughs) That's very interesting that the idea that you meet somebody else and it through the difference of who they are, reminds you of why you fell in love with your partner in the first place.
1: Absolutely. And I think anyone can make the claim that, well, what if you meet someone else and you fall in love with them and it's not your partner and, or your primary, excuse me. And
0: it's all the better, right?
1: That can happen in monogamous relationships too. We see it all the time of that people have work wives or work husbands or just these relationships that they build and all of a sudden they realize that this person is so much more suited for them. I think non-monogamy just allows that to happen sooner and so be it. It's part of life. We grow and we learn things and whether that means A new person or the same person it's just and i'm not saying that commitment isn't beautiful and that non-monogamy means non-commitment i i don't agree with that at all because like i said before i'm putting in that effort to come back and be here because that's where i want to be regardless of all the amazing people i've met bodies i've touched you know whatever it is
0: (laughs) you're making me blush victoria um uh okay well you know it sounds like you've got a pretty good handle on it um and would you say that clearly it's not for everybody
1: no it's not and
0: what would what would be the things that you would look for in somebody and suggest to them that they pursue this lifestyle
1: a very good question. (laughs) Um, God, there's so many different reasons. How about this?
0: Do you think that I would fit in this lifestyle?
1: (laughs) Not, no, I just, you know, oh, history. (laughs) I think that you as a person,
0: I've stumped you. All right. Yeah, First this time is stumping somebody in a conversation. This so. is,
1: but you also have to realize you tread carefully when you're talking. Of course. And, you well, know. I mean,
0: we're, we're having a conversation here.
1: No, absolutely. I think from all the conversations that we've had, would I recommend it for you? I, I don't. I don't think so. Only because I feel like, yes, in theory, you can understand it. But truly what you want and the way you speak of your, the rest of your life and the way you hold your heart, I, I don't think you truly want that to be non-monogamous. And this is from just knowing you and being here and interacting with you. I think it's...
0: Okay. Well, I mean, obviously I want kids and um, a family. Yeah. And is, does that disqualify me then?
1: No, it doesn't. And, I mean, I'm going to put it out there. Raising children in a polyamorous relationship is very specific. I would recommend. I would say
0: dangerous. I would say not a good idea. But,
1: Why?
0: Um, because it creates instability in the family unit.
1: Do you believe that it takes a village to kind of raise children? And- yes,
0: and but I believe that it takes a strong father figure and a strong mother figure unambiguously. I think that there needs to be unambiguous mother and unambiguous father, and their bond. So the three between the mother, father, and child needs to be unitary. That there can't be any wiggle room in that.
1: Okay. I've growing up in a split
0: household. Do you do you want to not talk about this? No, 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 okay. not at all.
1: No, growing up in a split household, I've had many stepfathers, just many to, stepmothers. Just to bring it in,
0: how many how many step siblings do you have? About fifty?
1: Uh, yeah, just just about very close. Um, so I have an older half sister, a younger half brother, um, and then I have a full blood brother and you know, sprinkle of step-siblings here and there. Yes, my family is very fragmented, sounds negative, but it's not. We're just, there's many little facets to us and many little branches. Do from... you think that
0: was a major reason why you pursued this it is the fracturous nature of your household?
1: Um, I will say that my parents marriage decisions have turned me off from marriage, but I don't think it turned me off from monogamy or else I would have just been like, fuck all and not even try. Um, so.
0: Well, you're a very deep person. So I feel like you would have sought out deep relationships no matter what. And this is kind of your form of deep relationship is somewhere halfway in between. Right.
1: Yeah. Mm.
0: See, this is the thing that you and I are going to disagree on because I I think there's a spectrum here Mm -hmm. between real and fake. Okay. And I think that real is monogamy, you raise a bunch of kids, and then fake is you have sex with a lot of people and they're all interchangeable. And so 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 I'm I'm kind of placing that, and I think inappropriately, I'm placing you in the middle of those two things. Whereas maybe there's a maybe it's three-dimensional, maybe it's two dimensional, maybe there's an up and down monogamy, and then left and right, depth and shallow.
1: So then you have to question we have to question our reality. So for you, monogamy is real. Now we have to consider the society that we're in okay. and how far back monogamy or how monogamy built this country. I mean, social constructs. It is a social right. construct.
0: Can, can I tell you why it's a social construct? Go for it. Sociologists have identified a strong correlation and causal relationship between polyamorous cultures and violence. Okay. Because and and so let's let's take it a few step backs, so few steps back. The number one predictor of male violence is inequality. Okay. If there are a hundred dudes that have nothing, and they have nothing to lose, they're gonna flip the board over. And so um, when people stack up at zero, uh, they flip the board over. Now. Uh, Matthew's Law, this is some Jordan Peterson shit, I'm paraphrasing, um, alt-right, uh, white supremacist, uh, fascist. fascist pulled me into his ranks, you know? <laughs> um, but uh, he, he quotes Matthew's Law, which is Matthew from the book of, one of the books in the Bible. Um, to those who have everything, more shall be given, and from those who have nothing, more shall be taken away. Right? The idea that you're good at stuff means that more, like, more things are going to come to you. So if I'm shitty at talking to women, I'm going to talk to women. It's going to go poorly, and I'm going to learn bad things from it, and I'm going to be less capable of talking to women. Monogamy is a way of smoothing it out so that instead of all the chads in the world, right, which are the blonde-haired, blue-eyed, six-foot, like myself, (laughs) I like to include myself, (laughs) uh, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe a born-again chad, if you will, um, are going to soak up all of the intimacy that's available because you only have so much intimacy to give as a person, right? You only have so much love in your heart, and you only have so much time, you only have so much uh pussy to th- throw around. Uh, okay, okay. Whoa. whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> okay, 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 okay,
1: okay. I'm going okay, to t- cut that. I'm going to
0: cut that. I'm not going to cut that. Um so uh if if all the attractive men are taking it, um maybe let's say 20% okay of the men are taking it because they have the ability to um take up the time and uh, emotional energy of five women, mm. right? So only 20% of guys have, an, uh, have the opportunity to reproduce, have a lovely woman telling them how great they are. There's 80% of men ready to flip the board. Now, when you have monogamy, it brings that number down to about 40%. 40% of men have the opportunity to reproduce. Uh, another Jordan Peterson. In fact, you have twice as many female ancestors as you do male ancestors because the males have a lot of overlap because it's a high risk, high reward. So as a male, you either have four children or zero and women have two children because um, women are all selecting from the same pool of men, right? And it's already, it's already that way even in a society that, that puts monogamy at the primacy, right? It, it puts it as the most important, one of the most important values, the founding value, as you just said, in America is founded on monogamy. Now the tribes, there are a lot of tribes that have polygamy and yeah. they kill each other all the time, Look for, for fun, they're just like, "I want your wives, so I'm going to kill you," or "I have no wives, so I'm going to start a revolt." And it's just it causes violence. Don't but, you see how it how, how like there there's a there's a long tail, right? There's a lot of a lot of losers out there, and a lot of guys who have an infinite number of partners. Do 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 you follow the logic here?
1: I okay, I semi follow the logic. I. If someone wants to kill someone for, I want your woman, me man, beat my chest, then whether you're monogamous or non-monogamous, that's going to happen. If you want someone's woman, you want someone's woman.
0: It's going to happen a lot more in a society where more men have nothing.
1: So, hmm. Because,
0: so like, let's talk about, you know, incels. Let's talk about men's rights activists. Let's talk about men going their own way. Uh, Let's talk about Elliot Rogers. Um... Those people are part of a bunch of people who stacked up at zero and say, I have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. And they say the system must be rigged. It's women's fault. How come I'm not provided the opportunity to mate given the fact that I'm a cool guy to their own test? Yes. As they, as they believe yes. themselves. But A
1: nice guy. They're a nice guy. Right. But, but the
0: <laughs> opportunity for a nice guy is way higher when...
1: Each one is paired off.
0: When each one is... Okay, yeah. There's a lot less... If you pair off people, then... There's um, more left
1: over for everybody else.
0: Exactly. Now, the average number of partners that somebody has before dying is six. But how many people do you know that have six partners? Right? (laughs) Not many. There are people who have... Wait,
1: long-term partners or just like...
0: Sexual partners. Six of this. Pause.
1: What? That's a real thing? That's a real thing. Oh, my God.
0: And so when you look at these numbers... You know, you, there are guys like um, fucking the lead singer of Kiss who's hit a thousand, so he's bringing that number way up. Huh. So I think the average is six. Now the median, I would be very interested in knowing, right? Because like that's the that's the middle person. I bet you it's like two or one. No. Yeah, no, I'm serious, man. So do you see what I'm saying? There's this there's this huge slope of guys that are s- like I say soaking up. Let's just let's just treat it like a sponge. They're soaking up all the sex, all the attention.
1: But you're looking at this sort of very, very, very gendered view. So you're saying one man in non-monogamy gets six women. But in non-monogamy, it's not a one-way street. It's that I'm non-monogamous. I can have six women. Sure. You can only have me. No, no, no. That's so not what So these women are that's still sleeping with other people.
0: Sure, but they're so sleeping the with the down. same. They're sleeping with the same ten chads, out of the hundred people. Is all fifty women have chosen the same ten chads? Okay. So. They, they all get one tenth of all the chance time but there are ninety p- men who get nothing
1: okay isn't
0: that fair to say because like you have all the choice in the world you're a beautiful young uh smart and attractive woman you can you can just point at a guy and and motion him over and he he will he will bend his life to your wins right <laughs> um now uh so you choose the best guys because you have that opportunity but The guy who's like, you know, the 80th percentile Mm -hmm. in a world full of uh, non-monogamy, you're not going to look at him because you're choosing from the top, you know? Do you get what I'm saying? Because the
1: top is not paired off. In non-monogamy, the top is open to taking on more. If
0: everyone was monogamous. Yes. So you see this?
1: So I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Hmm.
0: So a lot of times they talk about non-monogamy. They talk about polyamory as like the future. Like, why aren't we shedding these old and outdated ideas of marriage and monogamy? Got Dan Savage writing about monogamish, you Mm -hmm. know? Uh, These cultural figures are coming out and saying this might not be for us. But the consequences is like, societal constructs didn't come out of nowhere. Societal constructs evolved over time. Mm -hmm. And um, tribes that had polyamory I think they died off at a rate way higher than monogamous ones and we're going to we're going to turn back towards that in an era where more and more men feel disenfranchised and useless and are depressed and killing themselves than ever.
1: But we are monogamous now and yet there's still all these unhappy men.
0: I think way less. I think way less than in the 80s. It's way you have to admit it's way more uh, I... acceptable to be polyamorous today.
1: It is, but I really, really think if we broke it down to numbers, polyamory is such a tiny minority. It just seems through social media that there are a lot of them, but that's because it's the same few that voice their truly though, truly though, Mm -hmm. the numbers are staggeringly small.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. I'm just saying- In the grand
1: scheme of things.
0: I'm just saying, given the climate, it seems like a bad time to pursue this. Given it, the it climate seems, of... Given the climate of uh, poor white men, given the fact that half of the United States is disenfranchised poor white men, or, I don't know about half, but a, a voting block that I think that political instability, uh, social instability is almost at an all-time high since Vietnam, right? And I think Trump is an exhibitor of that, like... the the partisan, the, the, I don't want to get too political here. I'm just saying that in the age that we live in today, that a lot of men are struggling way more than they have in the past. Struggling with their identity, struggling with um, their place in the world, struggling with their day-to-day lives. And I think that to introduce polyamory on a wide scale is to further the trend uh you know the the, the inequality you as a gender studies major to talk about inequality all the time right all the time and i don't think that there is an inequality more important than opportunity to make because you can have all the money in the world but if a woman won't look at you right there's no i mean if, i think one of the most important things in life is a family
1: mm-hmm. and
0: creating a family and mm-hmm. um, that's my bias and if you don't have that opportunity, that's way more important than you not having a mega yacht or you not having a nice apartment or a nice car. <sighs>
1: this one's hard. This one's hard. Um, I think, so It w- let's say we want to break it down to money and then someone not looking at you right, regardless of all the money that you have in the world. The issue is that people... Are blaming okay? This sounds a little harsh, and you know it's, but people are blaming everyone else and everything else instead of saying, "What's up with me?" It's the nice guy notion, right? So it's like I'm a nice guy. Fuck you for not wanting me. But if you're,
0: (laughs) okay. Well, I, I get what you're saying, and let me let me rephrase the argument. Okay. Um, monogamy changes the distribution of women. Okay, it doesn't change who gets it, mm-hmm. right? Now, this nice guy could get his shit together and become one of the chads, but that inequality is still going to exist. All it does is change the position; it doesn't change the distribution. Okay. By flattening the distribution with enforced monogamy, which is um, a societal construct, enforced monogamy, nobody's. Uh, putting guns to people's heads saying yes yes Um, society expects
1: you to right you tell your dad
0: hey i cheated on my wife um and your dad says why the fuck did you do that yeah okay that flattens out the distribution and it makes the chad and schlub problem into a uh, above average and below average problem and flattens it out it's not 80 20 it's 50 50 let's say
1: I don't know. I just one, ideally I'm a big reader. So I, I, I want to see numbers, I want to see statistics and research on kind of all this before I make a grand, you okay, know, blanketing sure. statement. Sure. Um, but from what I can say and from what I've experienced. There's a reason the schlubs are not, there's a reason. And I don't think monogamy is going to change it. She doesn't want to be with you when she's not monogamous. She's either going to be with you begrudgingly or she's going to avoid you altogether. I'm pretty sure she's going to want to just be single and IVF it. That's, that's,
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that, okay. I, I, I get that. I get that. Let's, let's, let's change the metric. Okay. okay. Let's look at women in polyamorous relationships. Okay. Let's say everyone's polyamorous. Let's let's turn it to the Victorias in the world and the... Um, what's an ugly name? I don't want to offend anybody out there. The non-Victorias of the world, okay? <laughs> She's uh, struggled with her weight, you know? Maybe her face is a little lopsided. Um, she does not have the opportunity... She'll always have the opportunity because, uh, men are pigs and they'll take really anything that's thrown at them. Well, this
1: is a very, very...
0: Well, okay, so... so... I'm a
1: gender studies major. I don't know if I agree with all
0: this. (laughs) Um, I, I just think that the, I can't, I can't flip this one around effectively. I think that, I think that there is always a guy who's willing to sleep with every girl and I, and... For sure.
1: There's not always a girl willing to sleep with every guy. No,
0: I think that 50% so of So that are the is last going to
1: be the distribution no matter what.
0: No, you can flatten it out, right? You can flatten it out.
1: I don't think monogamy does that, though. I, I How think could it not?
0: How could, it can only be a force to flatten it out, right? If, let's say, let's create an imaginary scenario and, and dial it back. You sleep with one person, you sleep with your second person. It's a death sentence. Okay? Okay. Um, that's not an ideal world. But you have to admit that the distribution of, uh, of, of sexual opportunity would be way higher for men. Okay. 80% of men would have a, uh, a success rate, right?
1: Okay.
0: Now, let's say...
1: Because we all deep down want to fuck and, I mean, so, our, and we don't want to die, so...
0: I mean, what's more primal than that? What's more yes. important than that? Yeah. Um, so, so, enforced monogamy and culturally enforced monogamy is, you know, 30% of the way there. Right. We have these, we, there's like, you know, disease, there's uh, uh, terms like slut and playboy and fuckboy mm-hmm. uh, more and more to explain these kinds of behaviors. And that helps, right? Otherwise, there would be, you know, Elon Musk would be just have a day of the week, have 365 women, maybe 10 at a time, three. 3,600 women. Uh, (laughs) Right? And um, because they all want to be part of that. That's obviously a a limit case. That's not what I'm explaining here. But you you see how, do you see how like these these little, it it changes the incentives, right? Do you agree? Yes. So so you have to admit that what you're doing is not a societal good, it's an individual good. It's good for you, but it's not necessarily good for society at large.
1: Okay. 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 That point. That point, I can get behind because I am not doing this to drive a societal good. Yeah, it's for me. And I mean, if we look at the three dimensions of oppression, let's, let's talk about that. It's the individual, it's the symbolic, and it's the institutional. There's always going to be an individual that's where we start. It's for us before it's for anyone else. It's like saying, put your, you know, put the oxygen mask on yourself right. before you can help anyone
0: else. Or as Jordan Peterson, Jordan Peterson would say, uh, put set your house in perfect order before you criticize the world. <laughs>
1: hey, you know, Are you everybody's... a white supremacist all of a
0: sudden? <gasps> Shh,
1: don't tell them. <laughs> <laughs> don't look at me.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, no. I think we made some progress there. Um
1: And I I don't think Craig gives me enough credit. He says I'm very, 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 very liberal. And I know what very, very, very liberal is. And I think that I'm open enough to see both sides. And I definitely at times toe the line on certain beliefs. And, or standings, whatever it may be. So I just...
0: Victoria is one I of the most it. is um, one of the smartest people I know, and um, especially around these cultural, and, cultural and gendered issues, um, which is why I'm so excited to talk to her about it every time. She's not uh, a feminazi or any other of those.
1: That's a not an okay term, you though. Can't say feminazi. <laughs> no, that is a fucking terrible term. She's not a
0: feminazi, okay. <laughs> Um, she's not one I burn my
1: bras. <laughs>
0: Clearly. I don't um, own a,
1: sing- you know, it's, we don't need to get into that. We don't
0: need to get into that. Um, no, uh, you, I give you shit for being a gender studies major, but you've always had, um, you've always given as good as you've gotten. I've, I've never, this, I'm actually pretty proud. This is the first time I've stumped you and ever. And I care a lot about these issues and I disagree with you about a lot of them, but you're, you're a sensible person. Just, just a little plug for Victoria. <laughs> don't, don't be too hard on her. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Um, okay. Well, I think that I think that we're kind of generally in agreement. Um, I think that uh, polyamory is great for the people that it's great for. I think that it's a it's a lovely time for the time that you pursue it. And I think that there's a certain time uh, if you want to pursue a family, you might have to give it up and you might not look back on it and say... You probably won't look back on it and say that was a mistake.
1: Right. No. And let me be clear, though. There are there are definitely people out there who are polyamorous and pursue families and you know, we can pass the judgment we want from our own personal experience. We can't really say for sure. Um, your parents are still together, happy, and you are who you are because of that. But also, yes. my family isn't. You know, my parents aren't together, and they. I've been raised by multiple people, and I am who I am from that. I don't think we're too terrible of people.
0: I don't think you are, and I pass no judgment on you yeah. um, for your lifestyle at all.
1: Yeah, of course. And, you
0: sanctimonious. And
1: I for... don't you for you either with your boring <laughs> monogamy. <laughs> <laughs> but there is. If you are very curious and do want to understand raising families, in polyamory, Ethical Slut is a beautiful start. It's very accessible. Um, I'd look into it. It's a great book. Just, just, just a glimpse into understanding. Um, but if there's anything to take from that book, they have a section for jealousy. And I think we would all be better with a little less jealousy in our lives. And I think that's one of my favorite chapters. Mm.
0: I like my jealousy just fine. You I like do. It like it is, yeah. You do. Um, you like
1: being like green with uncomfortability and this rage of someone I, else know, causing us jealousy versus feed, us being insecure I, about something.
0: I feed my possessiveness and it has only given me good
1: things. <laughs> has
0: it? Ha- it has. Has you know? it? Yeah. Um, you know, I confiscate my girlfriend's cell phones about two months in, you know? Yeah. I've, and I'll let her know I've when an important this. text comes in. Yeah. Um, uh, that's a wrap. Do you want to go into any stories? Do you have anything? Uh, we can, we can skip that part. Um, you know, you're a private person and all that. Um, any success stories you want to share? Any, any bad stories you want to share? Uh, okay, we'll skip that. That is a, uh, nervous laugh. We'll go right after that. Um, can we close on, we'll close on one question and, uh, I think I know the answer to this, so it's probably not the best question. But I think it's a question the audience wants <laughs> to fair. hear. Um, and then we'll go into our benediction. It's on good? Yeah. Anything you want to do before we do that?
1: No. Okay, so it.
0: have you ever dated somebody that made you ponder monogamy?
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I've been having recently this kind of revelation i guess or uh, i don't know revelation sounds so like but curiosity as to how sustainable non-monogamy is in the long term now whether that's a testament to the society we live in and it being difficult because of whether it's judgment or you know institutions that affect your polyamorous relationships hard to say but, yeah, I've I've met someone who... Now, I don't believe in marriage because fuck capitalism, and that's all it is in a bag of chips. Sorry, sorry, not to offend anyone. That's my personal opinion. Um, But, you know, hey, fine. Yeah, if they pop the question, okay, I would say yes. But the thing is, we're not fully monogamous. I mean, we... We are non-monogam, you know, we're monogamish. Fine, your favorite word, Dan savage, let's get it there. We're monogamish. And um, swinging is definitely part of, you know, polyamory, non-monogamy, and there are facets of our lives that we just like to keep open. So I don't know if that's just Franken, you know, Frankenstein's baby, mixing a little bit of everything. I can't say for sure. I mean, I have met someone who has had me question it, but you know, we'll see That's,
0: how that goes. That sounds beautiful. That uh, <laughs> sounds. That really sounds like the perfect place for you, uh, knowing everything about you. So I'm happy for you. Congratulations! Wow, that is not where I expected this podcast to <laughs> oh, go. <laughs> I thought you were going to die on your sword here. Um, <laughs> That, that marriage is pointless, but damn, some romanticism coming out of, uh, okay. Uh, anything, um, any projects you want to share?
1: Oh, um, I'm excited to do the next podcast for this. Oh yeah. Really looking it... forward to that one. Yeah. We,
0: we better study up for that one and we can't do a shot for that one because that's, yes,
1: that's serious very difficult. Business. Yeah. Um,
0: I don't want to end up uh, losing my job because I said the wrong thing about women. I know that's <laughs> very popular right now. Very hot stuff to lose your job over what you said on Twitter.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's rough out there right now. Um, but no, you know.
0: Okay. Uh, well, let's let's wrap it up um, with the benediction. Benediction is a prayer, advice, or a blessing that I've asked my guests to uh, extend to the audience. So, Victoria, for today's benediction.
1: Oh, man. Um... I just think that we should, as a whole, be open to the relationships that come through our lives. Now, be it if you're monogamous, non-monogamous, that cheesy, cheesy, the cheese is going to melt, that you kind of just like open yourself up to allow some of those. And I understand if there's boundaries in place, kind of acknowledge those boundaries and see if you can get past them with those boundaries in place, if that makes sense. I think we can all be in a little bit of a better space if we're a little more open up to people in our lives. It's a hard thing, I think, for a lot of people. So, in lieu of monogamy and non monogamy, just you know, be open. Be open.
0: All right. Well, audience, that's a wrap. Uh, please give me a review on iTunes. I only do this for the numbers. So give me numbers, give me views, give me reviews, give click, me all click, of it. click, click, click. Exactly. Um, so <laughs> to sign off, may you be open to people coming into your life and how they may change it. And may you go in godlessness. That's a wrap, everybody. Thank you.